Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hi, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host and I am a retail transformation specialist. I work with retailers and brands to help drive transformation initiatives forwards, helping clarify complex challenges, define the ideal operating model, build collaboration across the organization and get things done. If you need to drive your retail transformation forwards, then you're in the right place and I'm glad we're talking. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 234, number 234, and we continue to dive into social commerce today. Now, in the last episode, episode 233, we dipped our toes into the world of social commerce, a huge trend in the retail industry right now. Some of the data we discussed last time round showed us that consumers are spending over two and a half hours on social media per day. This is a phenomenal amount of attention that we collectively are investing into our screens and into social content and ultimately social commerce opportunities too. Social media brings so many insights to brands and retailers. It's loaded with data. Social media is to regular media like e-commerce is to physical retail. There is just so much more data available and arguably too much data to use effectively. But if you do use the data, you can really adapt and tailor your strategies to your precise customers and your precise target audience and deliver huge boosts to customer experience, performance and ultimately profitability. And social commerce is the next element to social media, of course. And like I say, it is a trend and it is growing and growing confidently and steadily. McKinsey released a report which referenced e-marketer data that suggests social commerce is worth nearly 5% of the total e-commerce market. Now, of course, the e-commerce market is in itself a subset of the total retail market. So when you combine these different figures together, 5% of a, shall we call it circa between 15 to 25%, depending on which country you are, this kind of niches the market down. And I suppose it raises a question, should you care? Should you care about social commerce or is it so small that it's just irrelevant? We're talking about, let's say 5% of 25% of the market. That's 1% of total retail sales. There's a lot of focus on the other 99% inevitably, right? So is social commerce relevant or should you tune out now? Well, there's a few different aspects to this. Firstly, it really depends on the categories. Of course, when you're looking at e-commerce, certain categories are much more heavily weighted than that 25% average, again, depending on what country you're in as well. And equally, certain categories will lean into social commerce in a much bigger way. It also depends on the demographics and the preferences of your target and ideal audience. Social media audiences are certainly not representative of the total market. And so where does that sit 
in line with who you're trying to appeal to. It could be 1% is a much bigger number. It could be a much smaller number equally as well. So really consider social commerce alongside your categories, alongside your target customers. Also recognize that it is a trend that is growing both in terms of percent of e-commerce as well as pound or dollar amount. Now, e-marketer data suggests that market is going to grow by 34% in 2023 relative to 2022. So it's pretty aggressive growth rates. And as younger demographics become a bigger, more relevant and more sizable part of the total customer base and total spending power, social commerce in itself becomes more and more relevant. A 2021 retail survey by Forrester found that 61% of adults younger than 25 in the US had completed a purchase on either a social media platform or a live stream, for example, without leaving that particular website or app. And that percentage is growing as well. So the opportunity with social commerce is absolutely expanding. And of course, all of those stats and figures just there do not take into account the total influence that social channels have on the overall performance and decisions about buying a product. And again, especially relevant by category. If you're selling beauty products or fashion products, for example, social commerce is likely to be much more relevant for you than if you're selling groceries or petrol, fuel, gas for a car, right? So whilst social commerce on average is a relatively small part of the retail pie, it's growing and it could be a significant part of your future business too. So do stay tuned and we're going to dive into different opportunities as well as different challenges around social commerce plus some of the key considerations that you should be discussing in your strategies right now. The show notes for today are going to be over at obandco.uk slash 234. That's obandco.uk slash 234. And whilst you're over there, check out the Retail Transformation Briefing. This is a weekly email that provides a comprehensive snapshot of the latest trends and developments across the world of retail. With insights, headlines, podcasts, upcoming events and industry reports, this briefing is curated to keep you up to speed and help you deliver transformation. It's a five-minute read and it's a must if you need to stay up to date and competitive in the ever-evolving retail landscape. Sign up for free at obandco.uk slash 234 and you'll hear insight from me every week. Sign up now obandco.uk slash 234. For the last few years, social media has really been a channel for generating awareness and building relationships with customers. It has tended to be top of the funnel activity. And this is absolutely still valid. It's still a great tool or series of tools, I should say, to drive potential customers towards your other channels to make a purchase, namely your website or your physical stores. And of course, the challenge there is around tracking and attributing the social media performance and influence 
on the broader business performance. How many customers, how many orders were as a result of someone seeing your social media content or seeing your brand being referred to on social media channels? And in many ways, nothing has changed. Social media still has this incredible opportunity to build awareness and build relevance as well. Ultimately, driving customers to make a decision in another channel to buy from you. This is social media progressing total commerce, shall we say. And is this social commerce? Yes and no, I would say. Social commerce, if we're being strict, is about, as some of the data suggested before, making that purchase within the app. But is it still social media progressing total sales and ultimate performance? Absolutely. And there are lots of ways that, of course, that social media performance can drive the broader business performance. Social media is, of course, awesome at targeting and retargeting, whether it be around customizing your customer segments by demographics and interests and so on, and then driving ads towards them, or retargeting. Ultimately, customers see a highly personalized feed based on what the algorithms sense that individual would be most interested in. And if you can find your way into that feed, that's a great place to be. Social commerce is highly driven by influencers too, whether it be classical celebrities, movie stars, sports stars, etc., or more social media influencers who have grown an organic audience based on content there are superb opportunities to partner with individuals and even other brands as well, for that matter, to ultimately drive awareness and drive your brand reputation. And interestingly, there's been a real rise in digital influencers, and I suspect in the future, AI-based influencers. And whilst digital influencers bring a digital image of themselves that can appeal to some consumers, it certainly doesn't appeal to all consumers. Do head over to the show notes page where I'm going to reference some of the biggest and most interesting digital influencers right now so you can check out and have your own say. But AI influencers is a different angle that we haven't really seen. This is my forecast as to what might happen is around actually this is not necessarily a face, right? Something like ChatGPT does not have a face and it isn't afraid to do so, but it doesn't stop it being relevant to a given customer. So I suspect we may start to see more AI-driven accounts that post content, relevant content, but it doesn't have, should we say, a personality. <laughs> personality, right? But when it comes to influencers, whether it be celebrities, social media influencers, digital influencers, whatever, there is a great opportunity to form a creative partnership. Influencers, especially if they are specializing in a particular platform or even a particular customer segment, will be able to introduce your brand, your company, towards a highly curated, highly relevant audience. And if there is good synergy between that audience and your target audience, then that presents a huge opportunity that other media channels can't really get close to. However, for any given individual, the biggest influencer, and by that I mean person who can influence behavior, is of course likely to be from someone that you know, like, and trust. A family member, a friend, 
a role model. And social media and social commerce, therefore, can leverage this opportunity for recommendation in a huge way. And we're going to come back to this particular idea at the end of the episode. So do stay tuned. Social media and social commerce give you the opportunity to bring your products through life, through video and more through imagery. Many e-commerce websites tend to work off a product description. And of course, physical stores require you to browse the shop. But by bringing in shoppable videos, live streams, there's a real chance to show off the product, give a demonstration, bring it to life and ultimately inspire your audience. Inspire them to make a purchase, ideally right there in the app, right? Moving on, another element around social media is around customer communities. And social commerce can really leverage this as well. Whether it be around enabling a conversation around a product to show off other customers and their experiences, to ask questions, to build relationships with customers, this absolutely has to be part of your social commerce strategy. Building social proof, engaging in shared interests, shared passions, demonstrating that you, your brand, and your brand ambassadors, aka your colleagues, are real experts in your particular niche, your particular category. And this is an area I see huge potential for. Across your organization, you've got some real deep experts that probably are not being leveraged as much as they could be, whether it be around buyers or merchandisers, store colleagues, customer service agents even. All of these people understand the product, they understand the customer, they understand the specific nuances that customers want to know about. How can you bring some of this intel, insight, and often sheer passion up to the surface? And equally, when you're having these customer conversations, listen to customers, listen to what they're liking, what they're not liking, what they're wanting, and you'll find new insights and be able to react accordingly. And equally, whilst social media is often thought about for top of the funnel activities, generating awareness, etc. What if you focused your social activity at the other end equally as well? How could you engage your existing customers to help them get more from their purchase, to help encourage loyalty, or even inspire them to make that important and influential recommendation? And many of these elements are not exclusive to social commerce, right? You can still take many of those, apply them to your social media strategies and hope that they will follow through towards a performance boost in store or of course online. But by employing the social media platform as the checkout, i.e. true social commerce, you have the opportunity to avoid disruption between channels, avoid losing customers as they swap app, for example. It limits the amount of browsing and comparison, so you're less likely to be caught out by a cheaper competitor. Or equally, you're less likely to confuse customers who go and do more research and get lost along the way. I know that happens to me a lot. <laughs> but interestingly, social commerce customers are more likely to buy multiple products versus e-commerce shoppers. Now, this really surprised me. It went against what my gut instinct would say. But Forrester and eMarketer have both reported this. 
So that's an interesting opportunity. There's that opportunity to boost up your average items per order and your average order value as well. Social commerce is more likely to drive an impulse purchase versus e-commerce. Again, you're there, you're engaging someone mid-scroll, shall we say. And of course, individuals are more likely to be influenced by social media content and those important recommendations from family and friends too. So there are plenty of opportunities to really get going on social commerce, excite your customers or your potential customers and drive them towards making a purchase or becoming a more loyal customer as well for that matter. But of course, there are some important challenges for social commerce as well. Around the world, many consumers seem nervous or reluctant to engage quite as readily as Chinese consumers have. Now, last time we touched on this and there's absolutely going to be some cultural influences here around a Chinese consumer versus, shall we say, rest of the world consumer. But I also think it's just an element of change, right? It's an element of customers becoming aware of social commerce opportunities and, let's be honest, businesses becoming aware of social commerce opportunities and that behavior transition between as is and what a potential to be could be. There is, of course, a lack of control or censorship around user-generated content. And your reputation is going to be reliant on people sharing positive views. A poor experience or bad quality product can very quickly lead to, of course, a negative backlash across any social media channel. And the same is true for social commerce opportunities too. But I believe this presents an opportunity for companies with a strong brand quality, with a strong reputation and with a great delivery proposition too. This is your opportunity to stand head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. And why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to encourage and show consumers how good you are? But nevertheless, I think social commerce, unfortunately, does bring an opportunity for, shall we say, less honest companies to burn an audience and then close up shop, start afresh the next day and do the same again. And this, of course, remains a threat and it will diminish consumer confidence in the sector and social commerce overall, especially if you're a new or growing company that does not have this long history of social proof. Why should a consumer trust your company online and how can you build that trust and demonstrate that they should trust you equally as well? Social media channels are incredibly noisy. People are easily distracted. And of course, the social media platform objective, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or whatever, their objective is, of course, to whisk your freshly acquired customers away and serve more content, more sponsored content, and keep them scrolling, keep them tuned in to their social media platform, not your e-commerce or broader proposition or range. Influencers, of course, present great opportunities, but it can be challenging, especially if you are not pursuing your influencer strategy in the right way. It's easy to either burn a lot of money <laughs> or confuse your customers with irrelevant brand partnerships or even individuals that your target customers just don't relate to. And of course, we discussed it last time, social platforms can change rapidly. The explosive growth of TikTok 
over the last few years has really shown how quickly this can happen too. And I just wonder how long until the next big social channel comes along, right? And therefore, if social commerce is an important part of your business, you need to be ready for a new platform at any given moment, like we discussed last time in episode 233. So as we begin to come to the close of this episode, I believe there are some key considerations, some important conversations that you should be having when it comes to your social commerce strategy, and of course, your broader retail strategy for that matter too. Firstly, how will social commerce align with the broader company strategy, including your target customers and which social platforms are most likely to resonate? like we were discussing earlier on. And following on from that, you know, what is going to be the role of social media and social commerce for the whole business? Are you looking at top of the funnel activity only? Are you looking to secure the transaction on a social media channel? Are there ways that you could create content and engage your existing customer base about their past purchases, boosting loyalty? and encouraging recommendations. And in turn, when you have considered all of that, what will social commerce success mean for your company? And how are you going to measure that? Social commerce, like I said at the beginning, is a big growing trend and there are lots of opportunities and it will need to leverage the talent and the capability of your broader team and the broader individuals within the company. There are lots of experts that can really help you push your social commerce initiatives forwards and lots of factors to consider around collaboration and partnerships and content creation as well that feels natural and relevant for your customers. I have a final thought which I'll share in just a moment and if you're wondering what episodes to listen to next or you've been inspired by this episode here are some suggestions for additional podcast listening. First up Check out part one of this conversation. That's episode 233, if you've not already tuned in. You might also enjoy episode 189, number 189, where I was discussing how live stream shopping is changing retail. Live streaming is, of course, a huge part of the social commerce opportunity. And I do encourage you to check out that episode. Plus, there are some additional live stream related episodes, which I'll pop on the show notes too. Check out Lindsay Mazza from Capgemini in episode 228. And Lindsay and I were talking about what customers want in 2023. We spoke about metrics at a few points through this discussion. So listen to episode 175 called Embracing E-Commerce Metrics with Ben Salmon. He's the author of the book, your numbers up. And there are some great lessons in that episode that you could equally apply to social commerce too. So three suggestions there, plus of course, part one. I'll pop those episodes on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 234. And remember to sign up for the retail transformation briefing whilst you're over there, of course. Now, a final thought, net promoter score or NPS is all about recommendations, recommending a product or a service to a family or friend. But when a customer is giving you that score of nine or a 10, shall we say, there is really little evidence whether this recommendation 
ever actually happens. There is no proof of two mates catching up over a coffee or pint. There is no documentation of a discussion over the dinner table with a recommended service to a family member. But on social media and social commerce, that opportunity for sharing is so much more likely to happen, firstly, and it's more visible. There is a greater opportunity that you could A, evidence that a recommendation has happened, B, see what that recommendation is and how persuasive that recommendation could be, and C, it allows that recommendation to go significantly further than just the one-to-one conversation that a classic recommendation has. And what's more, you have the ability to prompt this action, this recommendation, this social sharing much more readily. And as we say, we know social recommendations carry more weight than, for example, a cold ad. So when it comes to social commerce, how are you going to tailor your recommendation strategy to encourage your customers, new and existing, to share their hopefully positive experience with family, friends, and the wider world. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to joining you on another episode of The Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.